Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. feathers not in this house because you guys have been taught right amen you've been taught the truth but it's going to break a lot of religious tradition how many knows that one of your greatest enemies is not the devil it is yourself and another big enemy is Religion. How many can say amen on that? Religion has hurt more people. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, You have made the word of God of none effect. Think about the magnitude of that statement. Because how many knows the word of God is powerful? Amen. I mean, it can do anything. And Jesus said, because of your man-made traditions, religion, you have made the word of God of none effect. So one of the greatest enemies that we face is ourself, yes, but it's also religion. So we want, what we want to do is we want to break off the shackles of religion. Because how many knows it's shackles? Amen? Religion will bind you down. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, come on. There's liberty. There's freedom. How many wants that? That's what I want. I want freedom. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to 3 John 1, verse 2. Now, as I start this, if you want to entitle this message this morning, you can title it Prosperity Gospel. I told you I was going to ruffle some feathers. Amen? Now, how many ever heard of the term Prosperity Gospel? Raise your hand. Very few? Wow. All right, so prosperity gospel is a term used as it's a derogatory statement that people put against uh, word of faith, preachers like that, and they entitle it prosperity gospel because they say, well, it's all about money and that they always just preach about uh, giving and health and wealth and all this other stuff. And so for years, I have heard people speak against it. I've heard people say that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a prosperity gospel. How many ever heard that, right? We, it's not a prosperity gospel. But I'm here to tell you today that there could be nothing further from the truth. And I'm going to show you that this morning in the Word of God. That the gospel of Jesus Christ is 100% prosperity gospel. Somebody say amen in here this morning. It is prosperity gospel. Now, a lot of people fight against this. It just ruffles their feathers. They do not like it. And here's the reason why. Because many people think that it's just dealing with what? Money. Right? You hear the term prosperity gospel. You hear the term prosperity Everybody automatically thinks, oh, there's just money. But I'm going to show you in here today 
The reason why people have a problem against prosperity and prosperity gospel is because they don't understand what the word prosperity means. But when you walk out of here today, you're going to walk out of here knowing what the word prosperity means and it's going to open your eyes and it's going to cause you to walk into the fullness of what God has for you. Amen? Because how many knows that's my job? God has raised me up to make sure that if you listen to me, if you listen to the messages that God gives me, you will walk in the fullness of what God has for you. How many wants that? Amen? You want everything that God has for you. Now, look at 3 John 1-2, and let's open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for this message that you've given me. I know that it's going to set many people free. I thank you for prosperity, Lord. I thank you that for our sakes you became poor, that through your poverty we might become rich, rich in all things. So I thank you for this, and I give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now look at the King James Version. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may what? Help me out. Prosper and what? Be in health even as you're what? Soul prospers. Now look at the AMP version, the Amplified Classic. Let's read that. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. Say that statement with me. That you may prosper in every way. It's starting to give you clues now, isn't it? That your body may be well. So how many knows he's not just talking about emotional healing? Come on. But he's talking about physical healing. Do you know that that belongs to you? Now he says, even as I know that your soul keeps well and it prospers. All right, so would you agree with me this morning that every word of the Bible is inspired by God? Is that not what it says? So it's as if God said it himself. Is that correct? Because he did, right? He told men what to write down on pages. That word inspired means that they were moved to such a degree that they had to do this. Amen. They were so compelled. I believe I touched on that one Wednesday night. That this was not just something. I, I got nothing else to do. Let me write something, you know, something that the Lord's showing me. No, they were compelled by this. So watch this. All right, so God said this. Now, if you think the word prosperity means just a bunch of money, you're not getting the full spectrum of it. Yes, money is one portion of prosperity, amen? The Bible is very, very clear. You need somebody to help you mess it up, right? It's very clear that God wants His people to prosper financially. Somebody say amen. He wants you to be at a place where you meet all of your needs, but you can't stop there, and then you are able to meet the needs of other people. That's called prosperity. Amen. But that's just one facet of prosperity. Prosperity means that you are successful in every area of life. As a matter of fact, if you look up the word, the definition of prosperity, it will tell you success. 
Now, the reason why so many people are turned off by prosperity gospel is because they think, oh, it's just money, it's just money. No, it goes way beyond money. It is that what God says is prosperity is that you are being successful in every area of your life. That's what God is interested in. He wants you to thrive to be the best that you can be. Let me make that clear. He doesn't look at Danielle and say, I want you to be the best that Cheryl can be. No, no, no. He wants you to be the best that you can be. Are, are y'all hearing me in here this morning? All right, so let me tell you what this word prosperity means up here. When it's talking about right here, the word in the Greek means to be on the right road. So God says, I want you to take the right path. When he says, I want you to prosper, I want you to take the right path, it means to prepare a good journey. There's an old song that says, I wouldn't take nothing for my, what? Journey now. Well, you don't want just a journey. You want a good journey. All right? And it also means to have good success. So in other words, prosperity is success in every area of life. So when people quote, that ter- or quote the term prosperity gospel, you, not, you don't need to be offended by that. You need to say, yes, I 100% believe in prosperity gospel because I believe that God wants me to have success in every area of my life. Now, <clears throat> what do many people do? Many people excel in one area and they horribly lack in every other area, right? So many people tell you, you want to have, you want to be good at one thing. You you just want to find that one thing and be good at it. I want to go against that. I want to tell you that God doesn't want you to be just good at one thing. He wants you to be good at every area of your life. Let me be more specific. Prosperity is striving for better in your finances, in your health, in your marriage, in your relationships. Somebody say amen. In your ministry. That's what prosperity is. It's striving for better. Say that with me. Striving for better. So is God interested, let me ask you a question, is God interested in me being successful financially but in my marriage a total failure? That's not prosperity. Ah, see, I'm opening your eyes this morning. Does God want me, watch this, does God want me to thrive spiritually but not take care of my physical body? No, that's not prosperity. Prosperity is success in how many areas? How many areas? All areas. All right, so if you are not striving and doing well in all of your areas of life, you've not grabbed a hold of prosperity gospel yet. That's what I want to challenge you today. You want to be the best that you can be in every area. Look at 1 Chronicles 4. Verses 9 through 10. Now look at this. He says, And Jabez, who was more honorable than all of his brethren, and his mother called him Jabez. So when he was born, his mother named him Jabez. Can anybody take an idea or a guess of what the name Jabez meant? 
It was a sorrowful birth, so she named him Sorrow. Mommy loves me. How many would like to be named that? And, and watch this now. <clears throat> you may say, well, it's just the name. In that culture, in that time, that was not just a name. See, when they named you, they named you by purpose. Are you listening to me today? They named you by purpose. She said, because I bore him in sorrow. Next verse. And Jabez called unto the God of Israel. He said, God, I got to do something about this. Because my mother has pronounced sorrow over me. How many feels like life has tried to pronounce things over you that you don't want? Come on. So he, he calls out to the God of Israel and he said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that it would not grieve me. And God did what? He said, You little prosperity-minded person. You know, it amazes me how people get offended when you tell them that you don't have to have a life full of trouble. Ah, who do you think you are? Why would you want that? I, I mean, honestly, is there anybody in here this morning that says, I just want a life full of sorrows and trouble? No, there's nobody. Because God didn't place that in you. Jesus said, I come to give you life, and life what? More abundantly. So I, I want you to see something. You say, why did you read this passage? Because I wanted to let you know that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, prosperity is for you. You say, why? Because here you are, you have a man that was pronounced sorrow over his life. His destiny had been set in place. How many feels like sometimes you were born on the wrong side of the track? Come on, we use that, that, that term. So here was a man that says, I've got to do something about this. So he cries out to God. He says, God, I don't want a life full of sorrow. But he was specific. He said, God, I want you to bless me. Now, you say, well, you said prosperity. He didn't ask for prosperity. He asked for blessing. Let me let you in on something. The word blessed or blessing Blessing is baraka. Blessing is barak. It means, are you ready? Empowered to prosper. So watch this. How many knows the Bible says a whole lot of blessing scriptures? Woo! You'll be blessing this, blessing that, blessing this, blessing that. Everywhere you see the word blessing, you can exchange it for prosperity because that's exactly what it means. So God says... Or, excuse me, Jabez says, God, I want you to prosper me. I want to prosper. Is there anybody in here today that says, I want to prosper? That's not a dirty word. You should not feel bad for that. So he says, I want you to prosper me. I want you to enlarge my borders. I want, I want you to keep me from evil. See, so many people think that life is just going to be filled with trouble and there's nothing that you can do about it. Well, Jabez did something about it. He said, I do not want a life full of trouble, but I want a life full of victory. And notice what God said. God did not rebuke him. 
God did not say, you little carnal Christian. He granted his request. Let me say this again. He granted his request. Yes, that's right. No, you don't understand. If God grants something, he approves of it. How many know? God's not going to do anything against what he approves of. Amen? He's not going to help you sin. Somebody say amen. He's not going to help you do evil. He's not going to help you do wickedness. So by God approving of this, in other words, God was saying, Jabez, I was just waiting on you to believe me for it. <laughs> Come on. I was just waiting on you. And today I want to tell you that God is just waiting on you to believe him and trust him for prosperity in every area of your life. He's ready. Somebody say he's ready. He's ready to bless you. Notice what he said to the Israelites. He said, today I set before you blessing and curse. What did I say that word blessing is in the Hebrew? Prosperity. He said, I set before you prosperity or curse. Choose this day, which, what, what do you want? And God even gave them the answer. He said, here's the correct choice. Choose blessing. Choose life. Choose prosperity. I'm ready. I'm ready to bless you, but you've got to let me bless you. Amen? So God granted his request, and it doesn't matter how you start. He started off in sorrow. Some of you in here today say, I don't have much money. I don't have much talent. I don't have much this. I, you know, I don't have the health that I want. It doesn't matter where you start. God can, watch this, God can take where you are and take you to the place you want to be. Somebody say amen. I don't care if you are deathly sick in your body. God can take you to a place of health. I don't care if you, got, if you don't have two pennies to rub together. God can take you to a place where you have more than enough. I don't care if you're in here this morning and your emotional state is a wreck. God can bring you to a place of sound mind and peace and joy. Somebody needs to say amen. That is prosperity gospel. 100%. So let me ask you a question today. Why are you here? I don't mean here in this building. I mean living, breathing. Why are you here? Do you ever ask yourself that? Why am I here? Why was I born? What's my purpose of being a Christian? So I can make it to heaven. I understand the long term, but what about now? Don't watch this. Don't get so focused on heaven that you're not doing your assignment here and now. So watch this. Why are you here? Why are you still breathing? If all you're here for is just to get to heaven, why don't God just take you on? Come on. Let me, let me show you why. Let me show you why you're here. When people speak against prosperity gospel, they are cutting their own throat. Do you know that? When you speak against prosperity, you are cutting your own throat. And I'm going to show you why. Look at Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8. Look at what God said to Joshua. He said, only be thou strong and very courageous, that you may observe and do according to all that is in the law. You could say the word of God. Do all that's according to it, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand, to the left. 
that you may what? What's the whole purpose of the word? What's the whole purpose of knowing what this Bible says? God said, so that you will prosper. Say that word with me. It's okay to say it. Prosper. Prosper. And what? Wherever you go. I can bring it into today's language. So that you will prosper in whatever you're doing. Again, let me stretch your thinking. Prosperity is way more than money. Way more. God says, I want you to know my word so that you will be successful in everything you do in life. Now look at verse 8. He said, this book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. That word meditate in the Hebrew means to, you know, to speak to yourself. How many talks to themselves throughout the day? You need to be. I'm blessed. Lord, I praise you. You're for me. I'm going to make it through this. That's meditating. That's what that word means, to speak to yourself. You shall meditate in there night and day that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, somebody say then, you shall make all of your ways. I thought it was just money. All of your ways, spiritually, physically, financially, relationship-wise. You'll make all your ways what? Prosperous. And you will have good what? You mean to tell me that God doesn't want you just barely getting by? Hmm. Religion has lied to me all these years. Do you see why I told you at the beginning of this how much religion has robbed people? Religion has taught you that you are to barely scrape by in life. I mean, you, you've got to be sick, broke, busted, disgusted, and but one day you're going to make it to heaven. God says, that is not what I have for you. He says, while you are here on this earth, I want you to meditate. <laughs> in other words, he told Joshua this. He says, I want you to meditate on my prosperity gospel. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to think about it. Because watch this. When you're meditating on prosperity, which means what? Success in every area of life, striving for better. When you meditate on that, where do you think you're going to have? You're going to have exactly what you think about. Whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So let's look at this word here. <clears throat> now, why did God place this challenge on Joshua? Joshua was whom? He was God's next man. God had chosen him. God had ordained him. And here's what he told Joshua. He said, Joshua, if you don't get prosperity mindset in you, you are never going to be who I've called you to be. Is that not what he said? He said, if you don't meditate on my word, if you don't, watch this, if you go off to the left or to the right, if you lose your focus, you will not reach your full potential. I have called you to lead my people into the promised land. But to do that, you've got to get prosperity mindset. 
You can't be slack. You've got to give everything you've got. Why? Because let me tell you something about God. Are you ready? Everything that God does increases. Oh, yeah, that's right. Think about it. Everything that God does multiplies. He even gave a command to Adam and Eve. Before there was ever ever a devil and sin and all this that was roaming the earth, that that Satan had overtaken them, before any of that, he said, he gave a command to them. There was no fallen world. There was no sin. There was no curse upon anything. But God still gave them a job. He said, I want you to increase. I want you to be fruitful and to multiply. Let me tell you again. I'm going to answer you this question. Why are you here? What is the Christian life? Why are you still breathing? Because God wants you to take what you have and increase it. He wants you to multiply. Do you understand that? He wants you to be more effective on this earth to win souls for the kingdom. That's what He wants for you. So the reason why I'm still here, the reason why I've not gone to heaven yet, the reason why I'm still breathing, and the reason why you are still breathing, is so that you can increase. And I'm going to show you why that's so important. So this word prosper here that's used in the Hebrew means this. It means to rush forth, to break out, to come mightily, to go over, to be good, to be meat, and to be profitable. That's what that word means. So in other words, God says when you meditate on my prosperity gospel, it's going to make you prosper. It's going to make you be profitable. Now look at Colossians 2.19. Now we're going to bring it into the New Testament. The New Covenant. And not holding the head, which is Jesus Christ, from which all the body, by joints and bands, have nourishment ministered and knit together. So when we are connected to Christ... He what? He gives us everything that we need. Right? Notice what the last phrase says. And you hear me say this quite often. When you are connected to Christ, what do you do? You increase. Come on, help me read that. With the increase of God. Say that with me. I increase with the increase of God. That's what I do. When I, am con- when I have a fellowship with Jesus Christ, when I have a relationship with Him, when I'm walking with Him in my daily life, what does it cause me to do? It causes me to increase. Somebody say amen. It will cause you to increase because He is the God of prosperity. He is. All right, so watch this. That word increase... In the Greek is oxano, which means to become greater in size. Everybody wants to quote what John said. They want to take it out of context. John was saying, simply put, I got to move out of the way so Christ can come in and do what he's been called to do. But the church has adopted that and say, I've got to decrease. 
I got to decrease, I got to decrease, I got to downsize, I got to do all this. That's not what John was saying. The Bible says when you're connected to Christ, you increase. Somebody say, I increase. That word increase means to be greater in size, to reach maturity. And watch this. It also means the Lord requiring nonstop progress and development in the life of faith. So when that word, when you see that word increase, it is God telling you, I demand constant growth in every area of life. Amen. I work on my finances, but I also work on this body. Are y'all hearing me? I get out there and I hit the weights. I exercise. Are there days that I don't want to do that? Yes. But I want to increase. I work on my relationships with those that are in my life. Why? Because God has commanded me to. Are you hearing me? I work on my spiritual life. I get up in the morning and I go and pray and I spend time with God. I spend time in the Word. Do I always feel like doing that? No. But I understand that I have to increase. That's why I'm here. That's why you are here. I don't care. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tear down a lie from the devil. You are not here just to float through life. You were made for so much more than that. So God is commanding constant growth from you. Everything that He's given you, do you know what God's command is? Increase it. I want you to increase. I want you to multiply what I've given you. This is not a request. This is a command. Say, my, say that with me. If this is a command. That God has commanded me to increase. How, how many can, can say, hey, God has anointed you to preach the gospel? Right? How many believes that? That God's anointed me to preach the gospel? But do you think that it just falls in my, lot, in my lap? No, not a chance. I have to labor. I have to work. I have to dig in the Word of God. I have to spend time in fellowship so that He can tell me what to tell you. You understand that? I have to do those things. So in other words, yeah, God has gifted me to preach the gospel, but it's my responsibility to increase it. Are you understanding? It's your responsibility. There, there are those in here today, God's called you to sing. He's called you to preach. He's called you to prophesy. He, he's, he's blessed you financially. He's done all these different things. My question to you is, are you increasing? Are you multiplying? Because that's your responsibility. All right. I'm going to give you some revelation this morning. Listen up. Listen to this statement. This is the statement that God gave me. The level you increase is the level you impact. Let me say that again. The level you increase is the level you impact. And I'm going to explain what I just said. I said earlier that being against prosperity, if you are a person who says, I don't believe in prosperity gospel, you're cutting your own throat. 
And here's why. Watch this. When you don't believe in prosperity, you don't believe in increase. Because that is 100% what the word prosperity means. It means to increase, to have more. So when, if I'm a person that says, I do not believe in prosperity, I am telling you, I don't believe in increase. And when I say I don't believe in increase, I'm telling you, I don't want to reach any more people than I already have been for Christ. Did you catch what I just said? Because the level you increase is the level you impact. My God. Listen to this. Listen to this. How many, how many remembers the story of the five loaves and the two fish? Let's go there. Because I'm going to show you what I, just, what I just told you. All right, so a boy comes to Jesus and says, This is what I have. I have five loaves and two fish. But there was more than 5,000 people there who were starving. Now, let, let me ask you this. Was the five loaves and the two fish enough to feed, to meet the demand of the multitude? It was not enough. It's okay to say it. Say it was not enough. It had to increase. For, watch this. The level of impact that was needed that day, the level of increase had to match it. In other words, that five loaves and two fish had to increase to such a level to be able to impact over 5,000 people. This is why you cannot be against prosperity. Because if you say that, you are saying, I want the five loaves and the two fish to not multiply. I want them to stay at five loaves and two fish. So in other words, you're saying, I want more than 5,000 people to keep going hungry. That's what you're saying. The only way that the five loaves and the two fish could feed over 5,000 people is prosperity had to occur. Oh, there's that dirty word again. Jesus, what did Jesus do? The Bible says he took the bread. He did what? But more specifically, what, what did he say? He blessed it. What's that word bless mean? He said, look, he looked to the Father and he said, prosper this bread. There is no other gospel but prosperity gospel. There is none. He says, prosper this bread, prosper this fish, so that, watch this, the level of increase can meet the level of impact. Isn't that amazing? And the Bible says that they were all fed, not just fed, until they were full. So over 5,000 people, what wasn't enough was sown so that it would, watch this, so that it could be more than enough. Pastor Robbie, why do you believe in sowing seed? Because I want to be able to meet the demand. What I have does not meet the demand that's around me. Are you hearing me? That's why you sow seed. You sow, my God. Vernon, I know you plant a garden. You plant a garden this year? Praise God. 
Praise God. Because I usually get some onions off of it. But now watch this. But watch this. You know, I can't do that if he doesn't believe in prosperity. I'm not going to put you on the spot. How many onions do you think you eat at one time? Just at one meal. You don't eat them. That's why I get it. Okay. A half, right? So if you don't believe in prosperity, you better plant half of a bulb. But there's no one in here that's going to plant half a bulb. Do you want to know why? Because in you, because of your God DNA on the inside of you, you're made in His image and your likeness, or in His likeness. There's something in you that says, more than enough is better. Come on. I don't care right now if you are working at a job and it's getting you by. Right? You're able to pay your bills. There's still something on the inside of you that says, I want to be able to pay my bills and have more left over at the end of the month. Is that right? Do you want to know why that's in you? Because God placed it in you. All right, so let me say this again. The level you increase is the level you impact. I know that God wants me to impact many people in the ministry. So I have to increase my spiritual life. I have to get more knowledge of the Word. Come on. I have to, I have to be able to release more of the anointing on the inside of me to meet the demand. If I stay in that place where I say, you know what, I just want to reach these four and no more, I no longer believe in prosperity. So let me say this again. There is no other gospel than prosperity gospel, spiritually, physically, financially. Now go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25 Verses 14 through 30. It says, for the kingdom of heaven. Stop right there. So anytime you see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Jesus is letting you know this is how God and his realm operates. There's no other way. He says the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto him his goods. And one he gave unto them five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his ability. Right there is where you can say, thank you, Lord, that God does not give you what you can't handle. If God is telling you to do something, you can rest assured he's already gave you the capability to get it done. Somebody say amen. All right, to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made another what? That's prosperity. Oh, God's given me five. I shouldn't want any more than five. Let me just keep it at five. Let me read on. And he gave five, and he got five talents more. And likewise, he that received two, he gained another two. 
But he that had received the one went and dug in the earth and hid the Lord's money. So this is letting us know this is just one example that Jesus is using. And what's his example he's using? Money. All right. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And the one that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you gave me five talents. Watch this. I increased it. I took what you gave me. I took my talents. I took the anointing. I took the calling that you placed on my life. And I took it and I increased it for you. Because I realized that's why you gave it to me in the first place. Somebody say hallelujah. That's why you gave it to me in the first place. And look what the Lord said. He said, you carnal Christian. You worldly Christian. No, that's not what he said. Let's read it. He said, well done. My good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. Say that word with me. Faithful. You've been faithful over a few things. Watch this. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to prosper you even more. I'm going to bless you even more. See, the world, watch this. The world religion will tell you that's enough. But God says, do you want some more? Turn to your neighbor and say, do you want some more? Do you want more anointing? Do you want more finances? Do you want more health? Come on. Do you want more peace and joy? Let me say it like this. You want some more? And the one who had received two talents, he came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained another two. I've increased it. What did God say? You didn't do like the five. You didn't bring me five more. No, no, no. Everyone according to his ability. You are not responsible for what God has given somebody else. You are responsible for what God has blessed you with. Somebody say amen. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will now make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. It is a joy when you increase. Verse 22, or excuse me, verse 24. And he that had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not strawed. In other words, he said, I knew that you wanted increase. I knew that you demanded prosperity. But watch this. I was afraid. I was afraid and I went and I hid the talent in the earth and lo, here's what's yours. God didn't say, well, you know, at least you didn't lose what I gave you. I knew I called you to sing. I called you to minister. I called you to do this. You didn't use it, but at least you didn't lose it. What did God feel about this person not prospering? Let's read. The Lord said, you wicked. I thought people that were prosperity minded were wicked. I thought people that was just so focused on increase and multiplying, they were of the world. They, they were not godly. But here God says, you wicked 
And slothful, you can change that word that we, for something we understand, lazy. You lazy person, servant. You knew that I reaped where I sowed not. You knew that I gathered where I had not straw. He said, you knew that I wanted increase. You knew that I wanted you to prosper. That's why I gave it to you. He said, you ought to have put my money to the exchangers, or you can say bankers. Then at my coming, I would have received mine with interest. Right? God said, you should have at least put it in somebody else's hands so that it would increase. Mm -mm -mm. Take the one talent, come on, and give it to the one who has ten talents. Have you ever asked yourself, why did God give to the one who already had the most? Because he was the most faithful. He took the most risk. Amen? The more you have, the more is what is required of you. Is that correct? So the more that was required of the man who had the five talents. As for this one, or let me say verse 29, For everyone that have shall be given, and they shall have abundance. You know what that means? He says, For everyone that's prospering, they'll prosper even more. Somebody needs to be smiling in here today. But to him that does not have, to him that is not increasing and multiplying, what he has will be taken from him. Cast this unprofitable. What does it mean to prosper? What did he tell Joshua? He said, you will prosper. That word prosper means to be what? Profitable and blessed. You unprofitable servant, into outer darkness where there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, if this doesn't scream prosperity, I don't know what does. Because here you have, God says, He gave us a secret. Prosperity is taking what you have and sowing it to what you don't have. The man took his five talents, he wanted five more, so he took what he had and sowed it to what he didn't have. That's why we teach you to sow seed. Not just financially. There's many ways to sow seed. If, if you need a new pair of shoes, you can sow the shoes that you have. Do you know that? Why? Because every seed produces after its kind. If you want cucumbers, you got to plant what? Come on. You can't plant corn. You're not going to get cucumbers. You're going to get corn. Right? So if I need help financially, I've got to sow a seed of that kind. Amen. If I want health, I've got to sow seeds of health. Amen. If I want peace, what's the Bible say? He that sows peace shall reap peace. So he took what he had, he sowed it to what he wanted, which is what he didn't have, and then he got what he didn't have. That's prosperity. And God said to him, he said, you were right on point. You took what I gave you and you increased it. Well done. And that's the same thing that he's saying to anybody in this building and those that's watching on Facebook. If you are taking what God has given you, God has only asked for what you have. There's not been one time that God has came to me and said, give me what you don't have. Anybody else in here? Not one time. 
But every time, He is only required of me what I do have. Amen? And God will take what you do have and multiply it to what you have never had before. That's what He did with the five loaves and the two fish. All right, so watch this. Why does God want us to increase in every area of our life? So we've already learned this, that prosperity means increase. Why does God want us to increase? Because when we increase, it adds to the kingdom. Let's not deal with money for a second. Let's just deal with our physical body. I was talking to you about this the other day. I don't care how anointed I am. Do you understand? I don't, care. I don't care if I could preach the roof down. I could prophesy. I could tell you everything about your life, whatever. I don't care if I could do all those things. If my body cannot get me there, it does nothing. Now, I'm talking about increasing in my physical body. Because prosperity is increasing what? Every area. So I realize something. Yeah, I have to be anointed. Right? But I also, my body, this body that God's given me, it's got to take me there. It's got to bring me to the church. It's got to bring me to wherever I need to come pray for you or whatever. It's got to bring me to the place where I'm preaching the gospel. So I got to understand something. Yeah, I need to increase spiritually, but I also have to increase what? Physically. I'm just giving you that as an example. The re so watch this. You say, oh, well, that's just working out. That's just taking care of your body. What's the big deal? It adds to the kingdom. How does it add to the kingdom? It got me here this morning to preach to you the kingdom so that you will increase. Do you see that? So everything you do, when you increase and multiply, you are adding to the kingdom. That's why you have to live in prosperity. You have to. And if I stand up here and I say, I don't believe in prosperity, I'm telling you, I don't want to reach another soul for the kingdom. I do not want to add anything else to the kingdom of God, which is crazy. All right. Now look at 2 Corinthians 9.10, and I'm going to come back to this passage. Look at this Amplified Classic version. Now Paul here is specifically talking about sowing financial seeds. He was telling the Corinthians, he said, I want you to sow to the cause that's in Jerusalem. The church is in Jerusalem. God, or excuse me, Paul was going from church to church, taking up uh, offerings to help those that were suffering in Jerusalem. And notice what he says to the seed sower. He says, and God who provides the seed for the sower and bread for the eating will cause, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing. Stop right there. Did you catch what that said? Watch this. God says, now what did he tell to the servants? He said, to the one who has more shall be, a, shall be given in abundance. Watch this. Paul says right here, he says, when you sow financially, say you start off sowing seeds of $100, right? Do you know what God's guarantee is on that? He says, not only will I multiply your seed, but you will also be able to increase the amount of seeds 
that you sow. Woo! Think about that. All right, let, let's, let's take it to a natural realm, okay? Say this year you sowed, you planted 10 tomato plants, right? The next year God says you'll be able to plant 15. You'll, not only will your reaping benefit, but your sowing ability will increase as well. How many wants to increase? Amen. You heard Stevie's testimony up here. He said, I started off tithing this amount, but God has tripled the amount that I've been having the ability to give. You see what I'm saying? That's what Paul is saying right here. He said, he will multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now, what does that mean? That means in whatever area that I increase in my life, the fruits will come forth out of it. Physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, you name it. The fruits will come forth, which will manifest itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Now, it never stops. That's what this verse is telling you. It never stops. The more you give, the more you're going to have the ability to give. You are not going to be able to outdo God. Somebody say amen. Now, to the person who had five talents, he could do a lot, right? Five talents. <clears throat> a talent equals out roughly to $1,000. All right, so a man with $5,000... Could have done a lot, right? But here's what I want you to get. I want to plant this in your mind today. What could he do with 10,000? You see? Yeah, 5,000 was good. But could he not do even more with 10,000? See, it would... That's why you cannot be against prosperity because it would be crazy for me to stand up here and say, you know, somebody who's been blessed really, really much financially that I can do more for the kingdom than they could as far as giving. That would be crazy. Because to whom more is given, the level you increase, the level you what? Impact. Now... <clears throat> God told them, you prospered, now I'm going to prosper you even more. Now look at the message translation. I wanted to bring this translation because it's very good. Look at verse uh, 24 through 30. This is the message translation. He said, the servant given the 1,000 said, Master, I know that you had high standards. Why do people... Why do people not like messages of increase and multiplying and take what you have and make something of it? Because it places what? High standards on you. It challenges you. Amen? When God says, hey, I've given you this, take it, do something with it. That places a challenge on you, right? He said, I knew that you had high standards and you hate careless ways. That you demand the best. How I many believes that God demands the best? Oh, yes, He does. And so do you. 
You want the best that God has for you. God says, I want your best. And you make no allowances for error. I was afraid that I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. Watch this. I'm going to break down a religious barrier. Are you ready? God would rather you do something than nothing at all. So many people are so afraid they're going to mess up, so afraid that they're going to make the wrong step that they don't step at all. And can I tell you something? Taking no step of all at all is just as bad as taking the wrong step. Are you hearing me? So many people gifted to sing, gifted to preach, gifted to prophesy, gifted, I mean, to pray for the sick and do all these different things. They are gifted, they are anointed, but they sit back on the pew week after week. Why? Because they are afraid that they may mess up, that they may make a mistake. Let me tell you something. God is not looking for somebody who will not take risks. Come on. I'm telling you, there's been times that I've missed it, and I've missed it big. Come on, somebody say amen. But I'm still doing it. Why? Because I realize and I understand something, that God wants you to do something. Are you hearing me? He wants you to do something with what He has gifted you, with what He's chosen you to do. Now, go to the next passage for me, Steve. The master was furious. He said, that's a terrible way to live. If you're in here this morning and you're afraid to take chances and you're afraid to take risks, God says that is a horrible way to live because it's going to paralyze you. It's going to cause you to do nothing at all. Stevie, I guarantee you, when you first started giving, that was one of the greatest challenges you ever did in your life. Why? Because you had to fight that urge. I might become in lack. I may not have enough. But even more in lack, right? But he took a chance. I know what the Bible says. I know the Bible says it's a guarantee that it will be given back. But naturally speaking, we don't see it that way. We see it, hey, I could use this money. I could use this. I could use that. I need to hold on to it. God says that's a horrible way to live. You're going to miss opportunity after opportunity. He said it's criminal to live cautiously like that. Can I change that right there? It is criminal not to believe in prosperity. Because everything God does increases and multiplies. He said, if you knew that I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? Oh, my. We look at this man and we applaud him and say, well, he he didn't lose what he had. To do nothing at all is worse than doing something and maybe you messed up. He said, you did the the less of the least. The least you could have done was put it to invest the sum with bankers 
where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Next verse. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. He took the most chances. Everything that God has ever told me to do was risky. <laughs> Stevie told me at the meeting uh, Wednesday night, he said, I'm glad I'm not you. Why? Because there's risk. You have to fight the threat of failure. You have to fight it. And I mean you have to fight it big. Because if you don't, you will never do anything great for God. He says, for he risked the most. Now get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into outer darkness. God does not want you to play it safe anymore. He's given all of you. Listen here. You may not have the finance side. You may not have the physical side. You may not have the emotional side. But there is one area in your life that God has given you something precious. He's given you something. My question to you is, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to play it safe? Are you going to make the most of this opportunity? Because the reason why you are here right now and you're not in Beulah Land yet. Let me tell you why. You are here to add to the kingdom of God. That is it. That's why you are here. And let me tell you something. There is no greater honor that you know that you were able to add to the kingdom of God. There's no greater honor. And it may not be up here in the pulpit that's what you got to understand. That, that first meeting that we had about what God's getting ready to do in this ministry, the first meeting I had, I made a statement. I said, God has called both kings and priests into the kingdom of God. The priests are to minister. The kings are the ones who finance it. You have those who have the vision. You have those who finance the vision. But it takes both. Again, I stated Hezekiah. How many remembers the story of Hezekiah? King Artaxerxes had to fund the wall. He said, I will give you the resources, whatever you need to get this wall done. Because Hezekiah had a vision. He said, I want to see the wall restored in Jerusalem. But Hezekiah didn't have the resources. But when you put the king and Hezekiah together, God got it done. So what will you do with what you have? All right. God says, I've given you the talents. I've given you the gifts. I've given you the anointing. Will you prosper with it? Will you increase it? Poverty in every form. Now, when I say every form, I mean every area of life is a curse. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care how try, they try to make it holy and righteous. There's nothing holy about it. There's nothing righteous about it. It is a curse. If you go to Deuteronomy 28 and you read the first part of the chapter, you will see blessing after blessing after blessing. Poverty is not in that 
section. But if you go right after that section and God says you will be cursed in this, cursed in that, you will find poverty in there because it is a curse. Amen. God wants you to prosper. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith at yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.